And so um, this evening I'd like to offer some reflections around the theme of um, disturbance, mind disturbed. And I want to leave it pretty open and broad, so I'm really pointing to the whole realm of hindrance and afflictive emotion or kalesa or whatever, just, and, you know, this is a kind of talk, and you've all heard many, many times before, and I've given many times, and really invite you to listen in that grounded, spacious way, whereby, you know, you might want to kind of just gently hold in mind or see what comes to mind in terms of your own practice here and what today or yesterday what's felt difficult perhaps and even very subtly so uh, just and then maybe sensing how maybe some of the reflections just point to some of the skillful means that you're already using, you already know. There's so much wisdom in this room. So just as an affirmation and a support. And sometimes I think of, like I always feel like we need to do one one of these talks once a month. It's a kind of like an an offering to, to Mara, an offering to the, you know, it's kind of, uh-huh. You know, um, so sometimes I think of that as um, the way that in our practice, probably on retreat and in our life, so much of what we encounter much of the time is, is yeah, what's challenging. And this, this realm of this aspect of our practice where we're called upon to um, yeah, respond and understand and somehow uh, continue to develop and you know, refine a kind of wise what is a wise relationship to anxiety or to anger right? or to any afflictive emotion you know, or even some of those really deeply ingrained kind of, you know, those familiar things that seem like they've been there all our life and or things that are more topical and things that kind of are happening in response to particular condition currently. And uh, the real potential of the 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 like sometimes it that if we mm, that 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 working with difficulty it's like there's so much potential in that because there's often so much energy there so somehow the sense of that like the place of dukkha being a place of transformation and kind of ah oh, yeah I you know what I'm saying a bit clumsily, but um, so I always feel like I want to inspire and encourage myself and and you to kind of um, 
remember that. And um, I also want to share this quotation, if I find everything I wanted to bring. Um, <laughs> maybe I didn't bring it. Oh gosh, where is it? Uh, the, okay, I'll have to paraphrase because I haven't got this one. Uh, the nature of mind is radiant and pure. It is obscured by visiting defilements. That's the Buddha from, from somewhere. Sorry, I don't have the reference. So what I'd really like to invite, which I often find really helpful in kind of listening to teachings on the hindrances, is like, can we take a few moments to kind of get in touch with that sense of what we know right now or what we remember about this, um, like the mind's nature, the heart-mind's nature has this aspect of purity, radiance, openness, empty. Mm. Maybe just kind of, I don't know, for me I often find if I bring up that reflection it's like, yeah, I could sort of feel it. It's not ever entirely absent, (laughs) right? It's and I, uh, I think that having that image or that sort of sense, like sometimes I feel like we unconsciously carry kind of like a sense of unhelpful images of the mind, the kind of like I'm like this just walking disaster zone or, you know, I'm, I'm just like this big sack full of all kinds of rubbish or <laughs> things like that. Maybe there's some more helpful images you know, like a feeling of, or the view of this body-mind that really remembers, that really remembers this even, you know, present, um, we can taste, maybe you can recognize that open, empty nature of mind. Here and now, even if there's some little storm in a teacup going on somewhere in our body or our mind. So that doesn't, you know, that sense of it maybe obscures or distracts or kind of makes it harder for us to see that or sense that, but it doesn't mean that it's not still true. So again, not just to labor it too much, but sometimes maybe... It's just, it's right here. There's that sense of just a slight shift of attention. Oh. Uh. And, um, our beloved Thich Nhat Hanh, he, he wrote... If we are aware of the paradise around us, it is because we have tasted suffering and we have learned how to practice with it and how to transform it into happiness. So, yeah. So... 
I think I was wondering whether to share this. You'll probably all groan because you've heard it so many, so many times. <laughs> feel free to groan if that feels helpful. Um, the guest house by Rumi. Oh. Indul- indulge me. <laughs> this being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. gets me every time there's something for me so powerful particularly the last part and when I was reflecting on this today what came to mind was something like you know what is it for something to be a guide from beyond what is it for some aspect of our experience that may feel so mundane or annoying or (laughs) what is it how 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 is it that that could be a guide from beyond? And I, I think I find that very kind of exciting somehow, or like inviting, get a sense of, so I maybe sense more into that possibility. And I, maybe on one level, it's like if we can, if we can see the, ah, self-liberating nature of something that can feel very solid and difficult and, you know, <sighs> so it's like, it's a, it's a dumb door, it's a, uh, as this very experience always is, again, it's like we're practicing to be able to see our experience, understand it, meet it, relate to it in ways that kind of reveal and allow this, this self-liberating nature to, to be known. And I, I somewhere got this quotation from a friend that what we can accommodate we can investigate which I really have appreciated so that's part of what I you know I it's like we growing our capacity to be able to um, yeah be mindful be able to investigate so that these 
annoying, troubling kind of, you know, visitors can be met in a way whereby they, yeah, they they are car- carriers of wisdom. Mm. I say that it's not so not so easy. That's just ingrained, understandable sense, isn't it? That what we want what's unpleasant to go away. Um, Joseph Goldstein that the non-seeing of suffering is what keeps us locked into it. Seeing it, turning towards it, opening to it, allows it to wash through and away. And that sense of how we're, you know, cultivating the capacity, you know, for that. And like, that's, again, kind of simply, beautifully, concisely said, but not so... It's like having the the courage, the, the mindfulness, the steadiness... The patience, the wisdom, right? Is it to actually be able to open to, you know, appropriate time, place, and so on. Um, appropriate way. And I, I think this has been, I don't know about you, but it's been, the sense of turning towards it has been my very first retreats and, and Christina Feldman was my teacher, one of my main teachers and hearing her say this and finding it just excruciating. <laughs> just, why are you telling me to do this? This is so painful. Um, and sometimes it still is and sometimes, but it, I, I know more now that it is I can say nothing is maybe always helpful, so I'm always, yeah, I'm kind of aware of, like sometimes, you know, that wise avoidance thing, like you can feel that something is just going to suck you in and eat you up. Maybe we have to cultivate more resources. But I also think like that courage of of turning towards and can allow some movements of grieving and just seeing the truth of, of, of our experience, which although it's painful, is also a real relief. Does that make any sense? It's like at the same time, it's like it's painful, but somehow the turning towards and the facing and the like, somehow getting the truth of our experience, like, yeah, this is what it is. This is how, this is how it feels. Like it's such a relief from all the turning away and the running away and the denying and, and all of that. So I was thinking it's like, it, it is really a middle way sort of practice. As I was saying to somebody today, I thought this image of the path as not like a tightrope, but like this broad path where you can, you know, you go a bit this way and then you fall off the edge and you get back on or you, you're going a bit of a zigzag, but you're still on the path. And I feel like a lot of working with difficult emotion mind states is kind of like that groping around in the dark that's another image I really like <laughs> like well, how do you what does this really need you know I don't know like, oh, is it, look, something over here might be helpful oh no <laughs> it's 
<laughs> falling over, etc. You get the idea. Um, there's something about handling, kind of, and this feeling of, or sense of not knowing. And of course, this is relevant probably to all of our practice, even when we feel okay. The value of um, groping in the dark, you could say, kind of not know, you know, not having a preconception. And that's where some of the suggestions and the practices and the, the techniques, it's like it, they can be helpful, they can point. But also, maybe, the, you know, we have this intuitive sort of wisdom that can kind of surprise us with what, what's help, helpful, not what we thought, not what we, what we maybe did before or... or What wisdom is this unwelcome visitor bringing, like, in its wake, something like that? So the middle way between getting over-involved and um, kind of getting caught up in trying to understand or, you know, kind of fix or... And then on the other hand, on the other extreme, just ignoring that whole aspect of our experience, like as if it's not relevant. What's the the middle way between, between those? So mindfulness is obviously, you know, key. And I, I want to share a little bit about, again, this acronym, or probably another groan, possibly familiar probably to many of you if not everyone is the practice of RAIN R-A-I-N I think I just I do keep coming back to it again and again because it's, it's like it's all really just this um, just be mindful of what's happening you know that's but then it's like, you maybe need a little more help. I remember I tell this story sometimes, it's from one of Sharon Salzberg's books, I think it might even be the book on faith, where she was in a retreat, I think, with Saidal Upandita somewhere, and was having a sort of very difficult time, I got, you know, emotional disturbance and, and all that, and she goes to see him, I hope I'm remembering this correctly, and uh, he listens carefully to her and then says, be more mindful of it. <laughs> and so she's like, thanks. <laughs> but then goes away and like, okay, you know. And, and so I hope that this, this um, little acronym, the, the, the pieces it's pointing to, of, I'll just go through gently, hopefully, yeah, it's like giving you a sense of a bit of support with how to do that. Or, yeah, so R for recognize. And I think that often, I don't know about you, but, but maybe, especially on retreat, or maybe not just on retreat, in, in life where you, you maybe pause and you think, well, how am I, how is the heart? And actually, you, you can't, you don't know. 
again, maybe we're back to groping in the dark, but it's a sense of making room for something to be listened to, you know, okay, well, yeah, it's like, how are you? When somebody asks you that, it's like, what's what's going on, what's happening? And then that kind of um, opening to, turning towards, beginning to sense into, which I always say that gets a bit into the investigation part, but being able to allow the Yeah, allow whatever's present to, to speak. So, you know, we can kind of, oh, this is this, this is anxiety, this is whatever, you know, this is... But to listen, maybe it's confused, maybe there's sort of layers or there's different feelings in the body or there's different kind of um, movements or... Um, energies in the heart or there's and uh, you know I was thinking especially well I don't know maybe lots of different circumstances that there can be confusing thoughts going on different kinds of thoughts so actually maybe it takes a while to kind of really recognize and be able to name what's what's happening what's being felt yeah. So we have this A of rain, allow, accept. And I think it's it's one way of understanding it is a kind of it's a meta sort of quality of a friendliness, warmth, acceptance. towards how, however we're feeling right now. And sometimes I think that could come first because then somehow that can open things up, that can actually allow the other aspects of naming and investigating and so on to happen. Investigation, really big kind of lot of possibilities here, and I don't want to name too many, but um, again, feeling in the body, in the heart, you know, the thoughts, deepening, deepening interest. into the sense of curiosity, uh, interest, and what is actually happening right now. And I was, I was thinking about this earlier, and how um, part of what um, this process, this sort of process, has taught me is that if you, if, that there's something about 
you know, to have the intention to investigate has already really shifted your relationship to your experience. So, something like emotion, mind state, which can either be very subtle or very strong, that can feel so much like me and mine. I feel like it's a part, it's one of area of our experience where we can feel most like identified with, like this is me, this is, you know. So to start to to kind of deconstruct that, to sort of, oh, well, there's this bodily sensation and and that's okay, there's, there's some of these thoughts and you start to kind of, almost, you know, pull out some of the threads or, you know, just realise there are these different components and, oh my gosh, that, you know, tension in my body is is, is in an unhealthy, codependent relationship with my thinking. <laughs> like, they're really, you know, right, feeding each other. And then seeing that, and, oh, right, so just, you know, note the thought, like, actually make it explicit or, you know, and so you start to kind of break up some of that dynamic, which is always, to me, part of why emotion, emotional state, mind states can be kind of tricky to understand, to, to name, to work with, because there's always these different kind of aspects of bodily, mental, emotional. It's, you know, kind of working off each other kind of like that but once you can start kind of clarifying one part like another thing I think is so helpful I don't know if you would find this so is to pick up on a sense of what 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 am I believing about this what am I believing about this, this experience, this feeling? And often, often, what I find when I ask that question is, this shouldn't be happening. <laughs> right? This shouldn't be happening. I say, oh, okay, well, that's, okay, aversion has some sense of, I'm not, so what am I believing about this? Or, I, I then, to me, that immediately reveals some way in which, yeah, sort of caught up and identified and thinking something and then, you know, you expose it and then you can pretty quickly feel, oh, well, that's not quite helpful or true. Mm. What, what am I making it mean about me? I think that's a really good one. <laughs> I'm just this anxious person, I'm just doomed to be that. Right, that kind of... mm, What am I making it mean about me or about another person or a situation? I, I, I also think that's really helpful to... to sort of expose... Because often, I think, particularly strong emotions tend to create people, create fixed senses of people, either ourselves or another person, or a group, 
right? It's like, I'm really irritated with you because you are irritating. <laughs> just, yeah, you can hear the, yeah, I'm really convinced about that. That's, and then there's a creation of, you know, self and other. And it's like, oh gosh, you know, I can get really hung up on that. But okay, just... Hmm. So another way of looking at that. I came up with this little practice. Um, I Starting with just being really honest and saying, I am disturbed and I don't like it. And I want to get rid of it. Right. That's my manifesto. <laughs> yeah. So you really... Sometimes so do skywriting. You ever do that? I just I will just write this really big. You know, fill up the room. Say, I don't like this. Go away. <laughs> just helps sometimes to be to be honest about that. And then I try and sh- sort of at some point I say, okay, what if I could just say there is disturbance, right? So we're kind of taking out some of the. I am part of it, but we're still like, okay, dropping the, what if I just, you know, drop the wanting to get rid of, okay. Okay, still don't like it, but it's a bit less dramatic and, you know, right. There is disturbance. Ah, hmm. Yeah, and then that gets us maybe into beginning to relate to it with with more mindfulness and then I the last way it goes is what does this need and this to me again uh, uh, yeah I've been thinking a lot about this today it's come up in some of the conversations about relating to relating to our maras our hindrances or whatever you know form they take like actually relating to them in a way which 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 we can draw on the brahma viharas you know kindness compassion appreciation equanimity like how can i bring this into the heart so that it's not just a kind of technical exercise or a kind of you know problem solving exercise it's something then you can really you can personify it you know it's like um, it's a little child or yeah whatever you know an animal or whatever kind of comes to mind or, or, or not but something about bringing Something that you would you would want to know. Well, what what do you need? Like really, not not just asking because it's like a shift from aversion and judgment and let me get out of here and go away and all this to uh, listening. Actually, you know, well, what 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 does this need? Because we don't know, because we haven't really listened. 
And I think you can really only do that in the heart. Because if you go up into the head, you just get lists and lists of things to do, what you should do, what you used to do, what it says in the book. (laughs) Which, again, I don't want to dismiss it out of hand, but this relationship of that then kind of again maybe opens up skillful means that we couldn't have cooked up you know we couldn't have kind of pre-known but arises out of that relationship out of that and i'm 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 saying this on as easier said than done because i think that with some patterns there's this like i really like that the horses I use this image sometimes it's like it's a really skittish horse your chitter your heart mind or this being that's so hurt or whatever it is that's kind of and it's like you have to approach so carefully and sort of offer and like you know with a horse if you, you just put your hand out and sort of wait you know it's like maybe eventually it will come over and give a bit of a sniff and then you know depending on the horse of course and um, it's like real respect for the kind of sensitivity of the heart mind and a sense of like in some ways isn't it always unknown really do you really know it I don't I really don't know mine I know bits of it, and sometimes it feels familiar, but there's this sense of... And again, maybe I'm back to my groping in the dark thing, you know, but there's something here about approaching your own being as if, you know, it was... Wow, you know, uh, wow, hello. Um, like meeting some kind of interesting being that you're not sure it's maybe a bit dodgy but (laughs) there's some interest and like you know who are you (laughs) how how can we uh can we talk maybe no we'll have tea first then we'll talk because we're english (laughs) whatever it is yeah for me that works having tea yeah the horse tea so you find your own um, so some of these I think are deeper patterns you know Anuseya or these different sort of senses of, of, of embedded patterns of you know they feel old or you know young I mean you know what I mean long standing or kind of like from being a young person and yeah they just take so much so much sensitivity and care and so much can kind of come from that the allowing and somehow through that relationship the sort of room for however it is sort of that sense of oh okay there can be some kind of peaceful coexistence there can be some kind of hmm room so for all of this all these so Pema Chodron the healing comes from letting there be room for grief 
for relief, for misery, for joy. Yeah, letting there be room. And um, what I, one thing I love about this quote is it points to something I think is so helpful to remember when we're working with what's difficult. See if this is true for you, but compassion for what's difficult, right? Being able to turn to and meet what's troubled in our hearts and minds and and allow that to give rise to tenderness, compassion, that that increases our capacity for joy and happiness. And isn't it sort of like she says the word relief? And I, I don't know if you sense this, but I often feel it that when really compassion and you really it kind of you feel it happens, it's like there's joy right behind it. And I, I don't want to go into that too much, but I just think there's a very interesting... And the same for opening to joy. Like, I think it's exactly the same thing in reverse. If we genuinely enhance and cultivate our capacity to be present with what is good and lovely and okay and allow pleasant pleasantness in life to give rise to appreciation rather than craving and clinging it's like that actually enhances our capacity to be present with what's difficult right with compassion rather than with fear and so yeah just just to highlight that part of um this um um exploration um, and part of it is this um, and if we go back to rain so we're getting towards the N and then there's another N which you may have come across some teachers say that N is non-identify and some as nourish so what we've now what I've now just touched on is sort of the nourish part that we're nurturing growing skillful qualities Growing the mindfulness, the smiley, everything that you're all doing here, you know, that that is that is what the ah, maybe you could say that is what actually does the work of healing. It's not me trying to do it and figuring it out, and you know. It's, it's the wholesome qualities that do the, do the work of healing and liberation. So um, I like that, that having that, that second N. It feels like a really important part of the whole kind of seeing it as a really holistic kind of mm, practice. So maybe just say a little bit about the the non-identify, the first N of RAIN. And this is something I touched on a bit yesterday morning where (laughs) seeing emotion, or a mind state, as um, energy, like I was suggesting yesterday. And even, yeah, a difficult emotion or a 
all that, to see it as just tangled up energy, confused energy, energy that's got itself tied up in knots or all riled up in some way. Right? So maybe seeing it in a in a less personal way. Again, this is not, you know, me, mine, kind of just having a way of seeing or languaging it that helps to kind of be open out. Seeing its impermanent nature, it's it's uncertain and nature, the other meaning of that. So something that even feels very familiar, I, I try and do this if it go to it and see, is it what I think it is? <laughs> do I really know what is what what this is, what's happening, really? Go it's like that that I guess that part of mindfulness where you really go close and you probe and you challenge yourself, you know, to question. Yeah. So let's see. Hmm. Right, so maybe getting towards the end of the reflections. Um, I also felt important to mention action and speech or action and um, wise friends and suitable conversation. That comes up as the antidote to each of the hindrances. Wise friends, suitable conversation. So this sense of this is a rather one-sided conversation, unfortunately, but... um, you know, in the one-to-ones here, or I think you can have wise, and suitable conversation with yourself. That's a kind of a skill to have, I think. You know, to be able to somehow, you know, okay, team, come on, let's go. We can do this. <laughs> um, but spiritual friendship, being able to bring what's troubling, sometimes to a conversation to such shared presence, shared like I think kind of you know, to support the mindfulness, to support the sense of being with and inquiring into and discerning what's needed. I mean I'm so I'm I, in the one to ones that we have I sometimes I feel this happening. I think it's wow, it's great. I hope you know, and sometimes it's just, um, again, kind of mysterious. Like, how does that work? Because you, you just come together and you talk a bit and somehow you find something. It's like, oh, where did that come from? It wasn't like either of us, you know, did it. Or it was like something we sort of found together. And I, I, that's so beautiful. And that's, again, I think another crucial part of of what is what is helpful yeah so many other things could be said but maybe I'll grope along towards the ending and share another teaching and um, I will put this and the, the rain thing on the board in case you would like to 
look at that. So this last teaching I'd like to share is um, similar to the rain and I think it's, it also has some different elements in it. So you'll hear, I'll read it to you and then again you can check out on the board if you want. And it's from Gil Fronstahl and it's, he, it's, it spells, a, it's an acronym again, um, with the letters B-E-L-L-A, Bella, which is, if you didn't know, beautiful in Italian. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just read it to you and um, I really hope that these reflections in this time together can just really encourage us all to, um, yeah, find courage and creativity and uh, support to engage uh, fruitfully with this area of our life and our experience that you know, there's so much uh, potential in it for transformation and for enrichment of life and, you know, um, yeah, so with that wish. So this is Gill. The acronym describes the mind that is revealed when the hindrances are overcome and mindfulness becomes strong. So we're harking back to the beginning of this talk when I shared the quote from the Buddha about the mind being naturally radiant and pure. So, B, when a hindrance appears, it is useful first to let it be, not acting on or reacting to it. Okay, I want to pause and just something... My sense is, again, you can check this out for yourself, that a lot, if not all of the difficult emotions are in some way connected with a hindrance or more than one hindrance. That to me is like the connection. It's like the afflictive emotions are one way that hindrances express themselves or sort of the effects that they have. So to me, there's a, a very close sort of correlation, perhaps not complete, but anyway. That's. So E, examine, examine it. Exploring the hindrance means recognizing its components, its energetic, emotional, cognitive and motivational aspects. It involves recognizing its absence and learning how it arises how it is removed and how it can be prevented from re-arising. And then the first L is lessen. Lessen its intensity, relaxing the body and the mind, directing the attention to something calming. Yeah, so this is really important, I think. This is really important so just pausing with this for a moment it's kind of wise avoidance of this skillful non-aversive directing the attention to something calming yeah having that skillfulness 
And then the second L, let go when it can be let go. <laughs> when it can be. Yeah. And then the last, the letter A, appreciate its absence. Unhindered attention is a treasure. To be present without being hijacked by the hindrances is a joy. Mm. So, again, maybe just to finish pausing with that sense of the mind, the mind's purity, its radiance, its knowing, empty nature. It's here, here and now, always, sometimes obscured, and always, always here, always available to be known. So thank you for your attention and let's close our time together by chanting the reflections on the sharing of blessings. May the blessings of our practice be um, for the benefit of all beings everywhere. goodness that arises from my practice. May my spiritual teachers and guides of great virtue, my mother, my father and my relatives, the sun and the moon, and all virtuous leaders of the world, May the highest gods and evil forces, celestial beings, guardian spirits of the earth, and the Lord of death, may those who are friendly, indifferent or hostile, May all beings receive the blessings of my life. May they soon attain the threefold bliss and realize the deathless. Through the goodness that arises from my practice and through this act of sharing, May all 
desires and attachments quickly cease and all helpful states of mind until I realize Nibbana in every kind of birth may I have an upright mind with mindfulness and wisdom austerity and vigor May the forces of delusion not take hold, nor weaken my resolve. The Buddha is my excellent refuge. Unsurpassed is the protection of the Dhamma. The solitary Buddha is my noble guide. The Sangha is my supreme support through the supreme power of all these. May darkness and illusion be dispelled.